Hello and welcome to Barbato's Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we are going to continue talking about Advent. But first, a word from our sponsor. Tacos, tacos, tacos. Now that I have your attention, did you know that hashtag Taco Tuesdays doesn't just have to be on Tuesdays? You can make it hashtag taco every day with Don Taco Mobile Taco Stand. If you're looking for the best tacos in the valley, look no further. Let Don Taco cater your next event, whether it's a birthday party, baby shower, quinceañera, or a wedding. They will bring you the most delicious tacos with the freshest of ingredients. Do you like tacos de birria? They got them. Tacos de asada? Treat yourself. Tripas, cabeza, guys, they got them. Book them today. Go to dontacocatering.com for more information. You can also follow them on Instagram at dontacomts. And now, to the show. And we're back. Thank you for being with us um, on this second week of Advent. Um, today that we are recording is December 6th, which is St. Nick's Feast Day. So, um, there are, uh, did, did you guys put your shoes out to get some gold coins or, I or put something like shoe, that? But I didn't get anything. <laughs> didn't get anything? We, we weren't good. My girls we, got a ton of stuff. You need to be good to get stuff. Yeah. They got some we, stuff, pero yo. <laughs> we totally <laughs> dropped the ball on that. Like, I saw Gustavo did, like, handwritten letters in cursive sealed with wax just like showing us what's up I know. and i was like hey guys today's saint <laughs> nick's uh feast day so i guess uh you guys get some candy today or something <laughs> it's like, like woohoo they were like happy as can be wow. and those weren't just like you know like your typical handwritten notes by gustavo like those were legit yeah like, even though, like, like the photos that you sent me like i try to zoom in to see if I could read what it said. Obviously, you couldn't really read it, but just like, looking at the handwriting, I'm like, dang, that's. Tiene la letra bien bonita. I know. You, I that's why cheat. you're not a doctor. Yeah, I kind of cheat. It's not, that's not my handwriting. Kind of. It's kind of like a mixture. Uh, but no, I, I kind of like stencil it on top of like a light table because, dude. It would go so crooked every other line if I did it freehand. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's like, mira que derechito. No, no, man. I got to make it look nice so it looked legit. Um, otherwise, it would have been my chicken scratches. But chicken no, it's, it's, it's fun. We've been doing it for five, six years now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the girls love it. They get really excited about it. And they write their letters to St. Nick. And um, that's why I love Advent, you know? I mean, for as much as I've been painted as the Grinch, I really like Advent because there's like so many festivities that, that as a family you can take part in, you know, and St. Nick is a, pretty much the first one uh, on top of obviously the Advent wreath that we do each, each Sunday as, as I'm sure you guys do as well, mm -hmm. but like St. Nick's and um, obviously our lady of Guadalupe, which we're going to talk about in the future and St. Lucy's we, uh, we do the, the St. Lucy's celebration and uh, well, Immaculate uh, Conception is coming. Immaculate out. Conception, yeah. Gotta go to mass Tomorrow. today that you're listening to the podcast on a mm -hmm. Tuesday for the 
vigil or uh, it's Wednesday, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, December eighth. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. There's the whole Gustavo. I was going to tell you, like I put up the the Christmas lights uh, outside of my house. It's like I I don't know where you land on like whether that's kosher or not because they did it on the <laughs> second Sunday of Advent. I I think that's still acceptable. You know, W what would Gustavo do? I become jollier as the Advent weeks pass. So there we I'm, go. I'm He's just... gonna be unsufferable come Gaudete Sunday. <laughs> I just put my Christmas lights up as well, and I want to thank the previous owner for having the screws up there already. Oh, sweet! <laughs> them up. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. It took me less than twenty minutes. Yeah, dude. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's that's always good. Um, so. In uh, oh, I have a funny story before we get into the topic. Speaking of Christmas lights, um, there is a a neighborhood close to where we live in North Phoenix that the whole block there's going to be like one guy that is the organizer for the whole block. That um, you know, you you tune into a certain radio station and they have music playing, and then they have like lights uh synchronized to the music that is playing. And it's a lot of fun. It takes like mm-hmm. maybe five minutes to do like the whole block of houses, but you can tell who are the Grinches on the block because there's always like three the or four house. houses that have nothing. They, they don't even <laughs> have the lights on inside, right? Yeah, no, it's like that's correct. Black. They're probably like these guys. Like every single year is the same thing. We always have people driving by our homes. This is the worst. I'm like, I, I like to think the best of them is like, well, you know, maybe they are Jewish, you know, maybe. Who, who knows? But maybe they could use Christmas, little Christmas cheer, cheer, yeah. little Christmas cheer. Okay. Sure. <laughs> That's the other thing that I was telling Gustavo. I mean, today I started talking like Pepe the King Prawn from the Muppets <laughs> 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 because my Mexican accent came out in the morning and Diana was making fun of me. It's like, you're talking like Pepe the King, the King, the King, see? <laughs> Pepe <laughs> the King Prone, okay? Okay. So, it's a little bit like uh, Scarface. I know. I know. I think it's a little bit uh, a mixture of like Scarface and Tony Montana. Yeah, Tony so that's his name? Montana. Yeah. Tony Montana. Montana. My name is Tony Montana. Say hello to from Cuba. Ivan's oh, doing the face and everything. Look at that. I know. <laughs> Cockroaches. Uh, only we had video. If only people could see us. If only people could see us. <laughs> if you donate to the podcast, we might be able to use something like Squadcast FM to to do that. If if it is a dream that you want for Barbatos to do a video podcast, let us know if you want to be a benefactor for 2022. We are accepting. Uh, donations. Well, uh, should we give a, a disclaimer of how we're recording today? Yeah, I, uh, but yeah, I guess that's that's yeah, actually sure. a, a good idea. Just in it, case just the a, audio is not the same as that's true. This know. is a disclaimer. Yeah. Today we are in a virtual studio. Um, we are trying out Squatcast.fm uh, because for uh, circumstances outside of our control, we couldn't get together in the garage. So we're trying it out, guys. So. Um, if it doesn't sound like the normal quality that you're used to, please forgive us, um, and uh, we'll we'll do our best to try and 
well, Gustavo will do his best to try and mix it and <laughs> get the levels right. Uh, after, it's also after not called the garage. It's called Studio A. Studio, Studio A. A. AKA yeah. the garage. Yeah, come on, come on Walter. Cool. That's why people aren't donating to yeah. us. I know. You gotta I, elevate like this right. thing. <clears throat> so we're we're just gonna say Studio A for Advent, and uh, <laughs> do a recap of last week's episode, uh, where we we talked about being deeply shaken, getting into the topic to be awakened. Uh, we're talking about for those that didn't listen to the episode from the the week prior. Uh, maybe you want to go and listen to that one first. Um, but if you don't, that's fine. Um, today, we are going to continue uh, discussing Father Alfred Delp's Advent of the Heart mm-hmm. and uh, homilies that um, he has for the second Sunday of Advent. And it says that the second Sunday of Advent adds a new word, a message about man's authenticity. Um, and he says that in the presence of the ultimate, the only thing that survives is what is authentic. The ultimate, of course, being God and uh, authentic in terms of truth, um, which is um, which is um, right now in, in the world that we that we live, it, it's kind of non-existent, right? Um, relativism uh, has made it so that everyone has quote unquote their truth. Uh, but Father Delp tells us that reality is ordered according to the authentic and healthy to that, which is true in being and true in words and true in deeds. Um, so there's like an exhortation to, to take from our lives, everything that is inauthentic it, and, and he says that if a word were a word and a sentence were a sentence again, and a fact counted as a fact, how very different life would be. And and I just want us to park there for for like a moment and 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 bounce off that idea. Like if a word were a word again, is, and and because of right now how much how much of our day to day is being politically correct and having new definitions of word and pronouns and, you know, language is being warped to the point where it doesn't resemble what, um, what it used to be like. Well, words have meaning, you know, and, it, and if, if yeah. you take away the meaning of the word, the word can be whatever you want it to be at any given day at any, any given moment. So I think that's the cop out um, when, when talking about authenticity, it's that, as Catholics, I think we're always pointing towards that truth, towards mm-hmm. that goodness, and towards that beauty, right? So there is no manipulating that. Truth is truth. God is God. You know, you can't mold God to fit your whatever you need it to fit. So in, in, in terms of the authenticity that, that Father Delp is talking about, oh, for sure. I think, I mean, again, we got to remember that he wrote this in 1941, you know? Yeah. So, so there's... There's always going to be an authenticity, you know? And I think people can, in a way, smell when you're not being authentic. Like, they can smell it a mile away, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if yeah. you're being fake, if you're, if, you, if you're being inauthentic, like, people can see that. 
people can, can, can notice that. So why try to be something that you're not? Why try to, 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 to live a certain way um, instead of fully entering in into what our Lord is calling us to do? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like we, we always learn, you know, you got to be authentic. You got to be real. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think Father Delp just really, I, I, he really drives that point. For sure. Yeah. Yes, and um, the the gospel for this uh, second Sunday of Advent was, uh, I think it was Isaiah uh, saying that there's the listen to the voice uh, in the wilderness, basically uh, a call out to what we were talking about last week of the three um, images of Advent, which would be um, one of them would be John the Baptist. Um, and, who, and who's more authentic than John the Baptist, you right? I mean? but talk about keeping it real, you know, <laughs> the voice crying in the wilderness, totally. Um, so, um, talks a little bit about uh, it, it moves on to that on the image of uh, Saint John the Baptist, yeah, it talks about the you know, the the, the prophet and king. Um, so the, this this quote, um, that's really cool. Um, it actually starts off, um, it says in the first point, do not permit regard for private security or personal existence to make you into an inauthentic person. Um, and it's like, so very often, you know, throughout history, whenever prophet and king have encountered one another, the king always takes the higher position, right? The king is always, you know, everybody looks at the king and it's like, that's, that's the man, that's the guy. That's who we're going to believe. You know, who are we going to believe is, you know, this person that's in higher power or this person that's kind of spewing all these crazy things out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, in his rags. In his rags. Who in looks... his camel hair with his <laughs> snake yeah. as a belt. Exactly. But, you know, as history tells us, that person is preparing the way for our Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how beautiful is that? Um, and then it goes on to say futility or ineffectiveness do not dispense one from speaking the truth, declaring what is wrong and standing up for what is right and just. Um, that one cut me deep. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we see John the Baptist, he's not there to like make a show to, to, you know, meet him at me. Like, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. Like, and no, um, well, he's not there he's, to play nice either, right? No, like he's, he's not there, he's there to, to call it as it he's, is. Absolutely. So I think that's super, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I think on the point that it says, don't, don't permit, uh, do not permit regard for private security or personal existence to make you into an inauthentic person. I think, I mean, cancel culture is really taking a toll when it comes to this, you know, because people, obviously they got to, they got to earn a living, you know, if, if you have family, if you have uh, uh, people to take care of that depend on you um, as a breadwinner, you know, so it's, 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 I don't want to say it's easy to succumb, but I think it's, you weigh kind of like those uh, pros the risk. and cons, right? The risk yeah, uh, of, of potentially putting yourself out there and your beliefs with the, with the, with that risk of saying, well, maybe I won't have a job tomorrow because I'm speaking my mind, you know? And again, 
it's it's not that we shouldn't be out there. We should totally be out there, especially now, you know, in, in, in today's culture. But as the Lord tells us in Scripture, you know, we got to be uh, cunning like a snake, but gentle as doves. Um, and I think that that also got to find the right balance. You know, I think as much as John the Baptist was just like out there, uh, I I believe that there's different ways that the Lord calls us to be out there today, not necessarily just like screaming like a lunatic out in the street right now, you know, as effective I mean, as that might be. <laughs> doing street evangelization. <laughs> Yeah. Um, did you say yeah. street or streak? Street. Street. Okay. Yeah. Street, okay? <laughs> Not the one with the K. No, 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 no. Very different. Which he was very close. Different. He was very close. <laughs> Definitely. Street evangelization, okay? Um, I thought it was uh, interesting that his uh, father, Vitor, at St. John of Arc, his homily was really, really good. And this Sunday, he was saying uh, about uh, John the Baptist. It was like he was basically saying that God works. He was working salvation backwards. So uh, there is going to be because Advent is preparing about for last things, right? The second coming of Jesus. So that has a date that only God the Father knows. And from there, he knew that. Jesus was going to be sent into the world. But before that, he was going to send John the Baptist mm -hmm. to make everybody aware to make straight the ways of the Lord. But before that, he had to send Isaiah to do the, uh, uh, to basically uh, prophesy about John the Baptist mm -hmm. that would prophesy about Jesus that would. Be the, so all those chains of events that you're like, well, you know, the Bible is a is a is a book <coughs> written by men, and they made the narrative fit, so everything makes sense. It was like, but do you really think that we are that smart? That it's not like a divine creator or divine author behind it. That, mm -hmm. that kind of like baffles me when yeah. people make that argument about the Bible. But regardless, it's just like a little quip. Uh, from from that homily that I heard that I wanted to like just pepper in there. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it goes on to say on the responsibility of Christians in the world. Uh, Father Delp uh, says this quote: "Christians bear the responsibility to generate an authentic unrest within creation through our existence, our word, and our work." He continues by saying, "We are obliged to be concerned about the destiny of the world." And I think that's the problem right now, right? I mean, we're not concerned. We're not concerned. Or you are like on the other extreme, mm -hmm. like with like global warming is like, that's your God, right? There's, mm. there's no balance. I mean, obviously we got to take care of, of the earth and, and, and be good stewards of it. But I think sometimes people take it like to the, to the extreme. Uh, moreover, we must know that we gamble away our own individual salvation if we don't play or to word it better, if we don't fight for salvation and order in the world, I mean, again, you gotta you gotta put it in perspective, uh, in context of when this was written. So, if he wasn't or he wasn't already in prison, right? He he was still a free um, man. 
it depends. I think that this is taken from one of the um, uh, the letters that he wrote from the from prison okay. because they they alternate though 1941, 1943. But I didn't separate yeah. the notes. Yeah, no, and it's fine because I like it. You know, because he could be saying it inside of a of a of a Nazi concentration camp, or he could be saying it like right now, sitting at the park. So, so Which I is think. insane to think that those words apply to right now. I know. And they apply like maybe more now, you know, because if you think about it, there was, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but the, the, the fact that they were going through World War II back then and that was shaking up everything. Right now we're not going through that. You know, it's kind of like a self-imposed uh, uh Issues division. that we have on yeah. division, you know. So I think there's there's ways again to to be out there playing or to word it better, like he says, right? To fight. To, if we don't fight for salvation and order in the world, um, so yeah, I mean, he, he's not holding back any punches. You know, he's just calling it as it is. And I think we need, as Christians, as Catholics, we need to hear things set set like that. Because it is a pivotal time right now, you know? Yeah. There's a very Escriba uh, thing that he says, the first point that you were reading, uh, generating authentic unre unrest uh, through existence, our word, and our work. Um, it's just like, I, I think we we were talking about that uh, last week, uh, that we were saying that if we want to be Uh, revolutionaries now get married young have kids you know uh, be Catholic yeah uh, that that right now is like be involved in your children's education mm -hmm. like that is like it that is considered dangerous to the point that uh, parents are being called terrorists right mm -hmm. totally. um, it, it's insane it's absolutely insane that this is this is what It's coming to, and I, uh, I was talking to Carolina about that actually over the week, and um, and sometimes the silence is even more powerful. To be honest, now bear with me on this, you know, because Father Delp was being very, very direct and saying that we have to be out there. Uh, um, it says that we gamble away our individual salvation if we don't play or if we don't fight, you know, but. From another sense, it's like silence and us living our everyday life and educating our children, like you were saying, and living our faith and really uh, uh, taking advantage of every day as God presents it to us in our own life. That stuff becomes uh, um, infectious. You know, that type of life becomes infectious. Remember what St. What Benedict went through, right? He, he just wanted mm -hmm. to be alone. And the way he was living his life solely for God started attracting. You know, he became a beacon literally up in the mountain where people started f flocking to him because they wanted what he had, you know? So as much as like, yes, it's like we need to be out there. We need to call out the truth and condemn it when it's not being said or when it's being distorted. Also with the way we live our life uh, in, in kind of with the, 
brings to mind the the movie, right? Um, a hidden life. A hidden life. You know, because the quote from the movie, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it says that you know, it's, it says that that the beauty was lived in the hidden life. Um, so, so it's a little bit of both, I think. Father Del yeah. is very very direct with what he's saying, but also again, we're not all called to be John the Baptist in in that particular way. You know, I think we're all we are to emulate certain of those traits and characteristics. Um, but also work with what God gave us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then one last one here before I move it on to Ivan, who asks about God? Who even asks about God? The question of the Lord, God's approval has become secondary to public as well as personal life. Yep. I mean, we have a very big gap in in our culture right now, and, and it's a God big hole you know it's a big hole that that god can only occupy god. yeah the size of god so yeah and then uh he moves on to saying the farther in the book he says that we need to we need to live the faith um our life itself depends upon this living faith um christians should be persons of quiet readiness and interior vigor mm -hmm. that one to me is really bold and when i read that it reminded me of um, someone completely different, but uh, uh, I don't know if you guys follow Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, um, yep. big fan of him. And the I, I read this quote from the other day. He posted it on his Instagram, uh, and it just when I read that, it reminded me. It says you should be a monster. You know, everyone says you know you shouldn't be you you should be harmless. Mm -hmm. You should be virtuous. You shouldn't do anyone any harm, and you should not be competitive. You know, like you should sheath your, your competitiveness. You know, you shouldn't try to win. You don't want to be too aggressive, this and that. Yeah. And he says like, no, like wrong. You should be a monster, an absolute monster. And then you should learn how to control it. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. And that goes along with this perfectly. Like we should be persons of quiet readiness. Like we should be humble. And in those times where we need to hold our tongue, in those times where like we just exactly. need to be focused on the Lord. But we should also be ready, like, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then we should have interior vigor, like, you know, vigor. You know, we should be strong and this and that. Uh, but we should, you know, like, yeah, like, we should be, like, you know, harmless in a way. But I really love what Jordan Peterson says. Like, you should be a monster and then you yeah. should learn how to control it. He's he's going through a, a big big conversion. Mm -hmm. If you've been following him for a while, like when he came into into the public sphere, the right? Yeah. Um, he he was never. People always asked him or try to put him on the spot or like the question on if you Google like is Jordan Peterson Christian? Christian. You know, it fills it up for you because yeah. um, he was never self declared or anything. He was like all over scripture and, 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 and a lot of his uh, um, talks and conferences uh, revolved around scripture. Um, mm -hmm. But he himself was not like a self-proclaimed believer of any faith. Mm -hmm. And he's been, he's been going through a major arc, you know, one of the videos, I mean, and, and again, we can, we can only judge what we see. Right. But, but uh, one of his videos, he kind of like, kind of like breaks down talking to this other person over zoom because that's kind of like when, when I think it clicked 
you know, because he tried to like rationalize it to the point where it made him sick. And then at that moment, it was just like, I can't, I can't rationalize it anymore, you know? And, and he's just from that point yeah. forward, the, the content that he's been putting out, like poems and stuff like that are very God centric, you know, which is pretty amazing because he has a huge following. I have to say that it, at the beginning, that's kind of what turned me off about him. Mm -hmm. that he was not explicitly saying that he was Christian, but the more that I started like knowing about him and looking at his interviews, I think that the fact that he presents himself as a clinical psychiatrist it's stronger and more palatable to those people who don't subscribe to any religion. Correct. And it could be a gateway for them to realize Absolutely. that mm -hmm. what he says is like, he's basically talking about virtue and discipline, mm -hmm. you know, and like the 12 totally. principles. Um, and, and that eventually can lead to, um, you know, being on the path to have an encounter with, with God. Um, yeah, you know, so let's I, I pray think, for him a lot. I think, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, he he's brilliant, man. He, he's so great. But just, just to kind of keep it moving along, um, Father Delp goes on to say we should burn with a desire to save the people and not focus on our own little egos. Um, our hearts must be keenly alert for opportunities in our own little corners of daily life. Um, that no. sorry go ahead I, I i'll go after N no i was just gonna say you know the 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 burn with the with a desire to save the people and not focus on our own little egos <laughs> i mean how more yeah i mean how it's hard It's yeah. Like, how do you read that? How do you listen to that? And you're just like, hmm, you know, the way that I'm going, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, the way that things are going in my life, I'm okay. I'm content. Yeah. You know, that should just spark something inside you. They're like, damn, let's look at Yeah. You know? Or I could do more. Exactly. It's, it's, it's very easy to like, you know, include everybody that you love in your prayer intentions. Be like, yes, Lord. Everybody, my loved ones, my family, my friends, I want all of them in heaven. Mm -hmm. Everyone else, they're on their own. <laughs> you know? Uh, but really, like, we need to pray for unity in the church. We need to pray for the salvation of all the souls. And this is like this is like a fun exercise to, uh, to know if you are, like, uh, detached or, like, if you want to be on the, on the mission that God has for as a, the salvation of the world, like think of the person that you detest the most and uh, think if you would be okay with them getting to heaven before you. If if you're not okay with that idea, then there's, there's something that can, can be worked there. It's like, is the way, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so we, is the uh, way you go, you know? I know. It's like he made it. It's like I pray the rosary every day. What's going on? Um, but that's the thing. Like God wants everybody to be saved. He 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 created us all. He wants everybody to be. Uh, he created us to be united to Him here and 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 in the in the Trinity. 
So if we can be part of that, um, if we can forget our ego, I guess that's like that's the that's the ticket, right? That, that's the takeaway. Yeah. It, and, and not care about uh, our own, like, yes, worry about your own personal salvation, but also if we can be co-cooperators uh, on the redeeming work of God in the world, why not? Yeah, and, and I think this points back to John the Baptist again, right? Because he, he wasn't doing it because he wanted to get saved. He was He was literally saying, repent, you know? You yeah. people need to repent. You know, we all need to repent. And he was just screaming it like a madman because that's how important it was to him. You know, and that was his mission. So yeah. it's pretty amazing to just, uh, um, what little part can I do in that sense? You know, maybe this podcast is a little part of that. Now we're, hopefully, we're, hopefully, you know, we're, we're trying to reach people and, and, and to meet them where they are. You know, obviously, we don't know everything and, and call us out when we don't and stuff like that. But I think there is you got to be led by the spirit as well, you know, and, and, and find those prompts um, to be able to to pro proclaim it, you know, in a way that is is advantageous for God and for people. Uh, first and foremost, because John the Baptist went to his death, you know, yeah. and, and he was like, I'm perfectly fine with that. So, so again, moving forward, um, the promise, this Advent, uh, God promised to continue this movement toward men. God promised that he comes as the God who wants to heal and save. And, um, I heard a video today about Bishop Barron, and he was saying the, the three comings of, of God, right? So he, he came um, as a child into the world. He continues to come today, you know, because we receive him every Sunday or every time we go to Mass and the Blessed Sacrament, and he will eventually come again. Um, and, and that's so beautiful, right? I mean, because God is always searching for us even in yes. our worst even in our best whatever he never ceases to just call out to us um I isn't the, that such a relief yeah right it's amazing to 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 think that in our brokenness he, he and even more in our brokenness right he continues to to move towards us he's not like I'm done with you. That was, that was, you went too far with that one, dude. You know, <laughs> no, it, it's just very humbling and, and it should motivate us, you know, to, again, I, I, I think I said a last episode, but it should motivate us to go to confession, you know, because he keeps calling out for us. Well, what can we do to, to prepare our hearts and to prepare the way for him to reign on our hearts this Christmas, you know? Yeah. That's that's the challenge right there. That's our, mankind's challenge is to take God seriously, and and, and maybe this is going to be kind of like a gut check where everyone says, "Listening for us, obviously as well." Are we taking God seriously? Um, the the encounter with this God who wants to save is not arranged according to our discretion. Father Delp says, 
nor in the way or the place we might choose. Anyone who makes his salvation dependent upon his own personal taste is a lost man. This two sentences, it, it, it's just, it's not about us. I mean, it is about a salvation, but it's not on our terms. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you hear like pious old ladies say like, God's timing is perfect, right? And they're right. They're right. God's timing is perfect. The, the problem is that we don't know how to wait. We don't know how to discern. Mm-hmm. We want everything yesterday. We want our, and our prayers answered mm-hmm. now. We want to be healed immediately. And and I think that Advent is like that season of us like slowing down. Totally. Letting God in. This, this like hopeful waiting, right? Um, and and uh, I'm going to say the, the last two notes that we have, because it's almost like a prayer that Father Dale wrote mm-hmm. um, as part of his, uh, one of his last letters that, that he wrote. Um, but I'm going to l- let you, Gustavo and Ivan, if you want to comment on about the challenge that we have right now before we move on to that. Well, I think, um, yeah, we stopped searching for God. We start coming to him, you know. And again, if if we make it about ourselves, that's not going to take us very far. And And I think God allows that sometimes, though. You know, he allows us to, all right, chingale solito. Right, obviously. Uh, but it's like he allows us to 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 get to the low point and and deprives us of everything because it's good for us. You know, what we see as something that is kind of like a negative, he will take it and make it into a positive. But we gotta allow him to act, you know, and make it about him and not about us. When we make it about us all the time, which is sadly the state of the world right now. Everybody has their own little universe. It's relativism is just like they're everybody's living their own truth. And okay, well we'll see where that leads us, you know, and we're seeing where it's leading because like we said, you know, it's that I hate to bring back Jordan Peterson, but that's why he became so popular because he struck a chord with people that were missing something, you know, and they are looking that are, they are searching for something. And I think Advent for us, you know, as Catholics, we got to make it about that search and we have to do our part. Like I said, to, to prepare the way in our, in our homes, you know, for our children, to not make it about the presence, you know, that's always good. And, and, and like you were t- talking about off air, Walter, the way you like, okay, mm-hmm. the presence, you know, that we can, we can rationalize the presence when our kids are little and stuff like that. I mean, that's perfect. But we gotta really understand what Advent is about. That's why I loved that we started reading this book um, because it really put it in a different perspective for me, you know, I thought we were doing good and we are, you know, the way we're living Advent liturgically and whatever, but 
But again, reading his words and Father Delp's words and, and putting it in context where they came from and they were the time that they were written, um, it really definitely puts it in a different dynamic and, and perspective for me. Nice. That's awesome. Um, and uh, that the last two points that we have um, from from the second week of Advent, uh, he closes by uh, by saying, "May God break open the narrowness that confines us within ourselves, and make us capable of Him, and capable of His mission." We need to fold our hands again and bend our knees and bow our egos in adoration before God so that his salvation can be effective in us and make us capable of being called and touched by him. Amen. Amen. Uh, Let's let that be our prayer for the, the rest of Advent to to have God give God the permission to break open the narrowness that can find us within ourselves and make us capable of Him. I love that. Oof. Make me capable of You. I think that's such a beautiful prayer. You know that, and it's so simple. Make me capable of You. Yeah, looks like a T-shirt's yes. coming on. <laughs> <laughs> We always talk about how we're going to do merch and we haven't done anything. Haven't if you done. want merch, let us know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if we'll you want video, if you want merch, pony out, people. Yeah, pony <laughs> out. Uh, yes, uh, so this, that's fun to, to end it on a happy note. So, um, Sunday, uh, third Sunday of uh, Advent is going to be Gaudete Sunday. We have something very special coming up uh, for that because it happens that fall on uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe's. Uh, feast day as well, so you get to hear a little bit of uh, uh, the flair that that goes on in Mexico in terms of celebrations uh, around uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe being like such a big thing of our cultural heritage, um, being Mexican. So, uh, just to give you like a tease of the next episode, so hopefully that uh, piques your your interest. Okay. Um, but in the meanwhile we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Arbatos Catholic Podcast the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture if you like the podcast or got something out of this episode please share it with your friends and family subscribe, like, comment, rate, and review if you haven't if you're feeling extra generous you can buy us a coffee go to buymeacoffee.com and follow the instructions if you buy us a coffee you automatically get a shout out in one of our episodes And if you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com. On social media, we are on Instagram at barbatoscatholicpodcast. And bless us, Alanis Casey. Pray, pray for, for us. Until the next time.